everyone and welcome to the Nerdy Up North podcast, the nerdy podcast hosted by two northern nerds. I'm one of your hosts, Sam. And I'm the other Paul. How are you doing today, Sam? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? Tired a little bit, but not too bad. <laughs> I'm just stressed. I'm, I've been decorating. I hate paint. I've still got glossing to go yet, so this is a, a welcomed a welcomed break. A little bit of a distraction there. A little bit. So this one we think is going to be a bit of a lengthy one because we've got a big discussion on our top fives. Mm-hmm. So we're going to kick off with the news. And the only really news I thought of importance was the Marvel announcement yesterday. Yeah, it was, I think it's dropped out of the blue as Marvel's been doing these days. No pre-warning. The only thing like I, say, I was about to talk to before that announced was the reveal of uh, the outfit for Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan. Um, mm. When that was released, I don't know if that was meant to be released or if it was uh, like some paparazzi photographs. But the outfit it looks amazing, so I'm quite excited for that. Really excited! Kamala is incredibly special too. Is I guess like I followed her from like day one when I when the first issue came out, and I've like often tried to like catch up with her in the new Avengers, and I just I love her. She's she's just one of us, and she's a goofy teen who just who's just trying to figure it out. I just love her. Just love her. Exactly. But yes. So Marvel um, hit us all by surprise. I was painting yesterday and literally gets on my phone and just hundreds of notifications that they released a, a very lovely video um, of the I first ten years. There was a tear in the eye. Not, not Sam's voice. It broke us a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I did. I, I had a bit of a quiver, but I was just trying to like make sure I was like taking it in and seeing what it was. And it was the first ten years of Marvel. Mm-hmm. And then the next phase of Marvel, and boy, is it exciting! Like Marvel was like, Do you know what? You've had a really shit twenty twenty, so we're gonna give you the best twenty twenty one we possibly can. And I have the list here, so I'm gonna run through just twenty twenty one first. So first of all, we've got Black Widow on July. It better come out. July ninth, twenty twenty one. We'll have Black. We will have Black Widow. Um, you know as well, just to go, sorry mm-hmm. to cut you off, uh, I think it was only a week or two weeks ago where the official release was meant to be a year ago to the day when Black Widow was meant oh to hit the pictures. God. So that's how long we've been waiting as well. We've been waiting some time. Um, but the second after that is uh, Shang-Chi, mm-hmm. which is September 3rd, 2021. I'm very much looking forward to that, but I can very much see it being the typical Marvel origin story yeah to move on um, to but who thing. cares I, I thoroughly enjoy how they do an origin story um, next one was the you know it didn't say the Eternals it just said Eternals mm-hmm. November, November 5th 2021 and we saw the first clip of the Eternals as we well which did. was not what I was expecting as well that they're not mm-hmm. looking what I thought they would look like as well so that's exciting Angel- Angelina Jolie looked badass mind I'm yes. so and, and people have some mixed opinions on it, but I, anything you put her in, she just looks fantastic. Mm. I just cannot wait to see what she does and, and who she's playing because I don't really know the Eternals very well. Oh. Like I don't, and I don't particularly want to jump into something. I just want to go. I want to go in the film with no preconcept. No, uh huh, exactly. And if that's not enough, if the three films I've already mentioned was not enough, Marvel is giving you. Spider-Man, No Way From Home, on December 17th, 2021. It's been a delay because it was meant to come out in November as well, wasn't it? So I think it's been put back a month. 
Well, because Eternals was meant to be out there. Everything that's on that list was meant to be out last year. Yeah. So, so probably, <laughs> <laughs> most likely. But yes, that is four. Count them. No, that's three, Sam. Count them. Four Marvel films. <laughs> We'll get there. Don't worry, guys. Four Marvel Marvel films for 2021. That is not including the two series that you've already had Mm -hmm. and the one that's on its way, which is Loki coming out in June. June, yeah. I think it's June, yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're moving into 2022. I'm kicking it off with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness on March 25th, 2022. Cannot wait. Yes, I think that's going to be... Like, I know it's Doctor Strange, but I think it's going to be like a Spider-Man as well. So, yeah. so I think them two are going to be into it. So them two well, playing off each other will be quite... What, uh, yeah, I think whatever happens in Spider-Man with their version of the multiverse is going to mix into... And you're not really having that much time to wait either. Yes. Um, then we're going into Thor, Love and Thunder, which is on May 6, 2022. Which I'm looking oh, forward good. to, but again... It's either going to be a complete hot mess with the amount of things that's going to be going on, or it'll be like Ragnarok and just blow your head away. Yeah, I think like Ragnarok was a ma- like a massive surprise for Marvel fans. But yes, can't wait for that one. And then we go into the Marvels, November eleventh, twenty twenty two. Now that was a big surprise. Huge, and I don't really know what it means <laughs> for someone who is a Captain Marvel, like huge Captain Marvel fan. I didn't quite. I was. I try. I didn't quite get what it meant. Are we getting the Marvels before Miss Marvel TV show, or is a TV show coming out afterwards? Because it could be the origin story, or it could be her joining up with Carol. Depends on what happens, really. It could be. I mean, she gets her name from, but she's given her name from Carol. So in yeah. the case of she, she takes it. She's actually given it mm-hmm. to her by Carol because she's she's essentially Kamala Khan is a she's a nerd. Yeah. And she writes fan fiction for the Avengers and Carol Danvers is her favorite Avengers. So she's she's honored to be given the name by Carol. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, obviously, as a, as a Carol Danvers fan. I just did not know what to take from it yesterday. <laughs> I was like, OK. I like the logo as well because of released the logo. Mm-hmm. That was quite um, not different, but in a way that I don't think Marvel's done before as well. Like no. both of them at the same time. Yeah, it looked fun. Um, then we've got, I think this I think this title is so cool. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. <laughs> That's coming uh, out on yeah. February 17th, 2023. So you're only getting two Marvel films. No, three Marvel films. So we're going back to normal again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, February 17th, 2023 is Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. <laughs> which will have Kang the Conqueror as the bad guy in, which is, is very exciting. Awesome beans, and then we've got the one that I'm dreading the most, um, because I just don't know what it means going forward and, and what that film's actually going to in, in having. But Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, July eighth, twenty twenty three, um, it's going to be a sad one. Like, yeah. regardless, I just I don't know I how they're going to do it. Yeah, I think it's going to be a celebration type thing because I know there was rumors mm-hmm. years ago, well, not years ago, um that the next one was going to be involving Neymar and um, like I say, it was the, the, the rumoured title was supposed to be the two, two Kings or something like that. So with unfortunately the passing, they've mm-hmm. probably had to change it around. But there's been rumours kicking about that Killmonger's going to be coming back to help um, with 
with the loss, but I think again, I'm excited for it, but I think it'll either be a celebration, but also kind of like a sad, sad case, sad yeah. one. I actually, I, I very much trust Ryan Coogler, who's doing the, um, who did the first Black Panther, and who's going to be doing this one. I think he'll do him, he'll do him justice. And I love the fact that Marvel are not recasting him. I don't yeah. know if that's going to be a forever thing, because you know he is quite mm-hmm. quintessential to Marvel. But for now, I think it was the best, the best thing that they could do it, to honor him was to retire the the character for now. Yeah. Um, having Shuri is. Black Panther is would be fantastic. I would love. I think she is. She's well deserving of the um, the the title of it. Yeah. Killmonger being in it at this point, I just don't care. Like I really enjoyed his <laughs> character. I don't care how the. I think someone said this on the chat as well. I don't care how they bring him back. Just do it because he was fantastic. Yeah. It was really I, uh, cool. <laughs> I liked him. Yes. And it's to, it's, it's, it's with Marvel and the bad guys though as well. All of them kind of mm-hmm. have. Like a thing where you think, oh, it kind of makes sense why they're doing yeah. it, but doing it in the wrong way, type thing. But yeah, you're right. It's it's no different than um, Charles and and Xavier, like we talked last week. So you know the the Martin Luther and um, Malcolm X connection. It's it's the same. They want the same thing, but just done in completely different. You know that they'll do it in different in different ways. Yes, yeah. And in a way, he he did like he was right in a way. Like Wakanda needed to. Um, and branch out and, and help they just couldn't they couldn't keep everything to themselves like they had done he just went around in a really odd way <laughs> very dangerous way um, and then to end it off end the, well it's not to end it off but the end of the list with the dates on it mm-hmm. was Guardians of the Gal- Galaxy Volume 3 which is May 5th 2023 mm-hmm. oh, I cannot wait for this I cannot wait getting it a lot sooner than I was expecting Especially with, uh, like, because with the whole hoo-ha with James Gunn and with him doing stuff for DC now, I thought we were waiting a few more years yeah, no. for that. But um, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a bit more excited now. So yes, hope, hopefully they do. Um, like I say, and I know I, I read, I know I said I think on the podcast, the uh, one of the other episodes that Mark Hamill is supposed to be hinted to play, and I, I actually saw an article wrote that Mark Hamill is going to be in the Christmas special that they're doing as well. That's so, awesome. so, <laughs> so awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm building up hope that we're going to get Mark Hamill in, in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> However way it happens, I don't care. Yes. But the last one that didn't have a date, just had a promotional <laughs> picture of it, was yeah. the Fantastic Four. Oh, I swear to God, if they do not announce that John Krasinski <laughs> is going to be playing Reed Richards, I will go to Los Angeles and burn the place down. Do you think, though, with Fantastic Four not getting a date, mm. are they just going to put it somewhere within the other date, uh, the movie releases, or is it going to be afterwards? Because I would be, I, it would just be like Marvel to just go, you wanted Fantastic Four? It's out six he is, months' time. He is, he is Fantastic Four. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I really do hope, I am holding out hope that. John Krasinski is playing Reed Richards. I've been wanting that from from day one. When they said that the Fantastic Four was coming in, I will be elated if Emily Blunt is playing Sue Storm because I actually thought she would have been a very good Carol Danvers as well. Yeah. Um. So I I would be elated if it was actually them two, mm. and especially like I know the husband and wife, and they have they have a chemistry, and they are just like the perfect couple. They're just 
lovely to look at. Um, but in Quiet Place, yes, they, oh, they, they work really well yeah. together. They had a good chemistry. Well, like I say, with them being married, you just, they should have that chemistry. But um, like I say, yeah, I think if they cast anything, the problem they've got now with Marvel, if they don't cast that, and if, if it goes wrong, the backlash because they couldn't take it back. Yeah. But even if the, I know we've had some bad Fantastic Four movies, uh, some people love them. Uh, no, uh, not for me. I've but never watched them. Never I, seen them. They could make don't wanna. not a bad Fantastic Four movie, but if they get the casting right, yeah, it can then lead into more. Because I think the big one that Marvel will struggle with is not Reed or Sue. It's going to be Ben. Yeah, it's always going to be Ben. Yeah, it's always it's regardless who has a hold of it, it's always going to be Ben that causes the problems. And um, but again, in Marvel, I trust, and yes. I do believe that if anyone can do it, it's Kevin Feige. I think he's visionary for what he's already created. Like, but look at Korg. Like, <laughs> yes, it can be done. Yeah. It's just got to be oh, done. Wow. Like, uh huh, uh it, It's. I think they can. I think they can pull it off, and yeah. it just. I don't. Do we need to see an origin story, or do we need to know? Like, do we need to know how it happened? Can it not just be like Spider Man when Spider Man came into the MCU? We didn't need, you know, the Uncle Ben situation again. Yeah, we already. He was already Spider Man. Can it not be the same for the Fantastic Four? True. Um. Or do people yeah, need it explaining? I think for this, for this Marvel, because if they don't explain it, they've got to explain where they've been and why they haven't been involved. Yeah, that's true. That's what, because that's what the Marvels, because what with Spider-Man, they didn't need that because he's a young boy, he's learning these powers, and we know that. But with the Fantastic Four, it raises too many questions, like, right, you've got this fantastic team, where the fuck have they been? Four, you've got Fantastic Four. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, Fantastic Four, yeah, sorry. Fan the Fantastic team, the Fantastic Four. Um, yeah, that, I think they've got to give us an origin story. I think now with any new superhero they bring in, we're mm -hmm. going to get that origin story from most of them now. Yeah, that's true. Because like I was, I had a very in-depth conversation with our friend Emma yesterday about it, and I was like, There's, you're not just catering to the nerds anymore. You're catering to the outside people like that, the, yeah. the people who don't have not like read the comics or read up on these things, they're just watching it as a general viewer. That's who else you catering for. So yeah, you're probably right and origin stories needed. Mm -hmm. I was just holding out hope because I'm really not bothered. True, but, but they could do it quite simply, but that's why I thought they might have done it in like say one division or something like an off like not part of the actual Fantastic Four film. Oh the amount it of times out of another thing just to show all oh, this team of people are in space. Yeah, they're blasted with uh, gamma rays, and now the this magic team that that would work just as well as going back and saying all all these things. The amount of times during one division, I was like, "It's Reed." <laughs> that 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 the the physics the the <laughs> scientist is it's Reed Richards. It's Reed Richards. <laughs> Sean, oh, sorry, Sean, mentioning you again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Reed amount Richards. of abuse he gave me would keep mentioning Reed Richards. <laughs> Honestly, thought it was going to be Reed and. Yeah. Oh, it didn't happen, and it was was it a wasted opportunity? I don't know because I still hold out that we didn't need anyone to come into One Division to help out the storyline. The story was about Wanda, 
yes that was it and it was understanding wonders grief and getting into where we are where we're going to be heading into with the multiverse um so i don't know if it was needed but i would have thoroughly enjoyed seeing him on screen but if it wasn't john krasinski then i swear to god i would have thrown the telly out the window <laughs> so when you're looking at now there's not many actors that you could see playing Reed Richards. So there's been a couple names thrown about, not John Krasinski's name, but um, Glenn, I can't think of his surname, but from Always Sunny, plays Dennis Reynolds. All oh, right. I've seen Him. the names of uh, the Always Sunny cast playing the Fantastic Four as well, and Danny DeVito playing Ben Grimm. That, 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 that made us laugh. <laughs> I would pay serious money for that just to happen. <laughs> I really would. I would really pay good money for that. I mean, fair, this, the cast seemed really like good spirits, so they might have a Halloween special where they all dress up as a, <laughs> one episode. Would be quite. Um, that would be cool. End, end it in, but no. Um, like I said, that was the big surprise for Marvel yesterday. Um, letting us know about that. So yeah, yeah but done it in a way where it wasn't like oh everything individually. It was kind of like with that ten years video and hearing <gasps> Stan's voice in about the family and stuff. Okay, I'm getting emotional now just thinking about it. Um, <laughs> It was done such a surprise in a way because I like, see I think a few people posted on their Facebook page the video and you were like thinking oh what's this oh it's just another promotional video for potentially Black Widow because I know there's been a few yeah around but when you watched it you were like holy shit and especially with the clip of the Eternals um, you didn't expect it did you no but uh, as well talking about Shang Chi I have I, again I don't know how good this rumour is but mm-hmm. um apparently what's it's when we heard now the name of it was in done a netflix show um the, the fist guy what's it called um iron fist, iron fist. Mm-hmm. that's supposed to be going to be a starting block to bring iron fist uh, but back into quite, it they're not but having not, him. But not the cast from the Netflix. It's supposed to be a, a new one for this one. Because um, I know there's rumours like flying about big style about Daredevil now because some of the cast members from Daredevil has been posting old Daredevil pictures on the Instagram. Mm-hmm. So the rumours are flying about that Daredevil's going to be making an appearance very soon. I've heard... Um, Spider-Man or Doctor Strange, one of them too. That, but and I think Char- Charlie Cox is perfect as yeah. as um, Daredevil. Daredevil is one of my like go-to favorite characters. Like I loved him, and I I loved him so much that I never watched the third series because I thought they were going to ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> Iron uh, Fist. I thoroughly enjoy Iron Fist as a comic book character, but what the yeah, the, the, show good. the show was not good. Luke Cage was not good. Jessica Jones was just infuriating. Yeah, I like um, the first season of Jessica Jones. Um, only liked it because of David Tennant. Oh, apparently he's coming back. He's not. I he's, hope so. Yeah. So the, I think Marvel are supposed to be big fans of like the Purple Man uh, and the way he played it. So I've heard She-Hulk as well. So that's supposed yes. to be. Yes. She has her own show coming out. Um, the actress who was in... Oh my god, what's it called? It was the one where it was all about doppelgangers. Um, oh, oh Alias, was it? No, no that's Alias. Jennifer Garner. No, um, not Alias. I remember oh, the show now. Yes, um, it was on Sky One, wasn't it? She's supposed to be playing Jennifer Waters, which, ugh, until I see her, I'm not <laughs> going to hold any any judgment. It's going to be um, heavily CGI, though, isn't it? So, 
the thing is with Jennifer, she doesn't, she prefers to be She-Hulk. Mm. There's, there's no reason for her to hide yeah. who she is, so, and she doesn't. And so they're going to have to constantly have her green. Mm. <laughs> True. But That's why I thought they would went with someone like Ronda Rousey or thing, because they have oh, the build no. already. The build, uh, yes, the build, but is the acting ability behind it? It wasn't like, that she, bad in the Expendables spring. <laughs> she, campaigned, she campaigned for Miss Mar for Captain Marvel, and I was like, oh, no, no, no you, you, you look, yes, you could look the part, but your acting abilities could be absolutely appalling. And I've heard you're on the mic at WWE. Your mic skills are not that great. No, wrestling skills. Better, but yeah. <laughs> so that's the Marvel list. I'm going to cut it there because the next part I think is going to take up the majority <laughs> of our time, and I am so looking forward to this. Yes. So this is the top five. Paul picked it and it's the top five, your top five or my top five TV programs. Yes. So, which I never thought would be hard, but by God, it is so difficult. It is because there's, there's that many variables that you've got to look into and it could take in the grant. Now, I did set myself uh, rules. Mm. I didn't My share God, these you rules. This, I didn't want you, you to took, You took this so seriously. You had to, but that, like I said, they, these are like I said, the only thing that I know it sounds really sad, but these mean so much to us. <laughs> it doesn't, no, it doesn't, it doesn't end. Yeah. There's one one of them, I'll pro I might even cry when I go into it, just because of what it means to us. So, you know, I totally get, I totally get where you're coming from. So, right. um, first rule I set myself, yeah. no game shows or reality TV shows. I didn't want to, I wanted it to be a, a full TV show, like it's a, a Yeah, mine's, mine's not that either. Yeah. And the other one I tried to do, because one of them does break this rule, and I wanted it to be a complete TV show. So mm -hmm. if anything, that's still going, because you don't know how it's going to end. I've, I've been right, I'm not going to include it in the list. But one right. of them has broken that rule, because I love it so much. Okay, okay. Well, I don't know. All of mine have ended mm -hmm. completely. And one's a bit questionable. Um, <laughs> And you'll you'll know what I mean when I say it, but one's a bit questionable. But yeah, the rest of them are totally and utterly done with. Finito. So do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? I'm gonna I'm gonna get you to go first because I am so excited <laughs> to hear what your list is. No problem. So well, you go ahead. I'll go with the one that broke the rule first. Okay. Um, it's a it's a quite a modern TV show, which to be honest, most of mine are, are quite uh, quite old now. And uh, the first one is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Never watched it. Really? I really? thought you right up your street, but... Nope. It's... And then my sister says it all the time. She says, you'll, you'll find it hilarious, but I've never watched it. It's smart. It's cleverer than, it, and than you think it would be, because it goes through all these different topics that you don't expect for like a, like a, a, a sitcom. Or like, say, would it cost a sitcom? But it's like a, a former like, a TV show. There's characters in it that break the moulds, like um, like I say, there's gay, bi characters, um, like I say, the Latino, black um, community and stuff's all involved. It breaks down barriers, but also it doesn't take itself too seriously. And like I say, the main character, like I say, is Jake Peralta, which is Andy Seinberg uh, from the Lonely Island. <laughs> um, so you know, he's just out there, wacky humour, and his best friend yeah. Charles, who is like a little lost puppy following around and their relationship during the show is hilarious but it's just like the relationship between the team like each of them uh, like say ha have the moments to shine no one else like outshines each other 
Um, mm. The cast has pretty much been solid throughout. There's only been really one change, which is Gina, like the, she was like a, a receptionist. Mm-hmm. Um, she, and I've, I've got her surname, but her first name was Chelsea. She's a, an American comedian. She's really stupid, silly. Um, reminds us a little bit of Phoebe from Friends. But, All right. Um, like I say, in a, in a type of like not really paying attention to the world type thing, she's in her own little bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, but as the show goes, like the characters grow, and you don't expect it from like a, a stupid cop show, but you you fall in love with the team. Like mm-hmm. so they like some of the characters hate each other at the start, fall in love uh, oh. during the show as well. And like I say, there's uh, Cheddar the dog, <laughs> which is really <laughs> that, I know because like I say, if you're an animal person, you love Cheddar the dog. He, he doesn't make that many appearances, but um, think <laughs> of like uh, Eddie from Frasier. It's, oh, it's, it's has, a, but oh. Uh, it's it's into its last season now. It's 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 announced that they're not going to make any more after the next season's out. Yeah, but it was supposed to be actually out already the last season. But they threw away the script due to what happened in America with the Black Lives uh, protests because they said what were what and like all the anti uh, cop stuff. Yeah, so they went right. We can't, in good knowledge, just do the script we've done. We've got to incorporate what's going on now. Oh, so oh that gives us chills. That yeah. I give us chills. So, so basically, they've delayed it. I think by six months. It's it, or even so, uh, just to write the like the last season again to base it on. So, but each season like has a turning point. Like say, there've been like say, um, mafia. There's been hits on people. There's um, like say, it's hilarious. And you, I've watched the sick. I, I, I've watched them now about three or four times. It's it's just like you put on the background, and there'll be yeah. things that you'll just pick up and laugh. And like I say, the, there's certain episodes I like do a Halloween heist each year, and honestly, it's absolutely brilliant. I can't recommend it enough. I will be put. I'll put it on the list. Um, there's a few. I have a few programs like that, but that it's just it's it's just never something that crossed my mind. But another one that that didn't quite make the list. Um, but I'm not going to say it just in case it's on one of yours. Is is just an example of I should I should learn from your lessons and just branch out because it's a program that's been going on since about 2010 or something, and it's still ongoing today. And it's probably one of the funniest programs I've ever watched. And <laughs> I'm not saying what it is because I am still to and fro with my number five slot that I could potentially put it in there. Um, so I, I, I would give it a go. I'll definitely give it a go. Johnny, no mine. Yes, let's go. Mine's kind of on the same theme. It's an American mm-hmm. sitcom. Um, it's finished with. It's done. It's it caused such an outrage that it got removed from Netflix at Christmas. That people actually put, started canceling their Netflix subscription. Really? In America, and it is the U.S. office. Right. Okay. Paul, it is not. It is one of. The only shows that I cry at at the end, not only because it's finished, is because I know I'm going to miss them and I need <laughs> them back in my life. It is, it's funny. It's like it, it's. I I love the English Office. Mm-hmm. Not not enough to put it on my top list because it, yeah. it only brought out two series, but it it was it was fantastic. Um, this one I put it. I only watched it a few years ago. God, probably even two years ago. And the first episode is word for word the english one yeah but some things have changed um when david brent calls his boss 
um, Camilla Parker Bowles, Michael Scott called his boss Hillary Clinton. Um, Hillary Clinton. Yeah. So there's some things that are translated over differently, but for the for the main part, it is word for word the same script. And by the second episode, you think that's what you're in for, mm -hmm. and like it's it's a good, it's just going to be the same as it's just going to be work, like done differently to fit in American television and it's not and as the t as time goes on you not you don't realize you're watching a fly on the wall documentary mm -hmm. it's just a tv show and the characters in it are you just you just you find a connection with one of them and you yeah. follow you follow their story like if like Pam and Jim mm -hmm. um which is John Krasinski yeah. and um Oh god, I can't think of her name. I even listened to our podcast as well. <laughs> I can't think of her name. But Pam and Jim's story from start to finish is just absolutely fantastic. But the the main standout will always be Michael Scott, who yeah. is played by Steve Carell. He is hilarious to the point of absolute annoyance. <laughs> Michael Michael is one of the worst human beings possible. Right. There is an episode <laughs> in it called Scott's Tots, and if any Office fan knows they know how bad Scott's Tots episode is to the point where I can't physically watch it anymore. Michael gets it in his head that he'll be a millionaire by the time he's in his 40s. Mm -hmm. So he guarantees these children, um, if you graduate high school, I'll pay for your college. And then he has to go and confront these kids to tell them that he doesn't, he hasn't actually become a millionaire. <laughs> and it is, the, the level of cringe in it yeah. is horrible. Michael is is one of the worst human beings, but he he always manages to have a, yeah he always manages to have some little redeeming quality about him, hmm. and his his exit of the show was just I, I bore my eyes out every time it's on. But the Office, the US one is is one of my if not one of my favorite programs of all time. I get that upset that hmm. the end comes. I have to stick it on again and do it all over again. Yeah. I've watched it and no word of a lie about a hundred times during lockdown. Mm -hmm. I love it. Love yeah. it. I do recommend it. You would be addicted. <coughs> Very funny. I've tried watching it a few times, but I think, as you said, with the first couple of episodes, it's it's quite like the UK office, just different. And that's the part I found it hard to get past. So oh. again, I might try again to get past Try again. Yeah. Ricky Gervais, Ricky Gervais and Steve Immersion were very heavily involved with the first series mm -hmm. to the point where they said, if you can get the foundation down, then you can go off and do it yourself. Yeah. And the guy who helps the, the Mindy Kalen, um, oh, guy who plays Toby and um, Ryan. Oh my God, I can't think of these people's names, but <laughs> they're all writers in the show, but they're all part of the cast as well. Right, all right. So the writers and the cast are, are basically one and the same. But the Moores who plays, and oh God, I say Michael's one of my favorite characters. You've got Dwight Trude, you've got the great Rain Wilson who plays Dwight Trude, who is just. Oh, he's perfect. He's just, he's so funny and weird and he's a nerd and he's a beet farmer and I just love him. But his cousin is played by, um, his cousin Moores is played by the guy who actually not only wrote parts of the show, but he also created Parks and Rec. Right. And wrote Parks and Rec. The guy is a genius. Mm -hmm. And he's so good at doing characters who are, that you can quite easily follow along with mm -hmm. and you can, and you can, quite gradually fall in love with them and he writes them just beautifully and he done the same with the office and parks and rec but out of the two the office for me will always be superior 
that's the thing. That's why I'm like, say, I love doing things like this, having this type of discussion. Now, even if it's not like, say, a talking discussion, tying it down, because you find mm-hmm. out so many different things that you might not have experienced. Like other people, like say that that's thing. Like, say because our first two picks, both of us haven't seen it before, so mm-hmm. it's that's the thing that always like say engages us and like say wants to bring in that type of conversation. Cause it's I love. Like, Oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh, no, it's just like, so you're just trying to spread, spread, like, say, things that people might not have experienced before. Definitely. I was, uh, what I was going to say is that just, I love programs. I'm a very character driven person. So, and I love people. Mm-hmm. So, I like finding a person in a television show and just following their story. Like, yeah. um, American Horror Story Hotel, it's not everyone's favorite. But if, I, if, if you're like me, I followed one person's story throughout that and it was, it was Elizabeth Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, and just followed that story and yeah, that it was just heartbreaking how the story huge <laughs> but it's yeah. beautiful at the same time and it was that's I, I am a proper people person i was actually talking to your wife last night through facebook um because she's watching this is england yes oh, and she's i've been obsessed with that i've been meaning to watch it and, and i actually watched the trailer for it and then i was watching like little clippets online and i was like i think this is to i love anything british yeah. Um, and I think it's totally up my street because I think it's characters who you can proper get in with and follow them on a journey that yeah. may not, I've got a feeling, funny feeling that I might not be able to relate to a lot to it, <laughs> but still find it endearing enough to stick yeah. with it. And um, so that is on my list to watch. Cool. Gonna go for number two. Yes. So again, I'll go with, um, like I say, yeah, I'll go with this one next. It's it's another American one. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's not the best show. I'm not gonna lie, but I invested 15 years of my life watching this show. Supernatural. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I've had it. 15 seasons. Um, some of them were god awful and absolutely painful to watch. Mm-hmm. But the characters in it, like I said, me and like I said, me and my wife Nick absolutely adored the characters mm-hmm. um like i say the show made a lot of mistakes if you watch it um they started off absolutely brilliantly with the whole urban legend uh, like i say if you're a horror fan it's brilliant because it basically does every single horror film you can think of but sometimes it is cheesy but they know when they are being cheesy and the characters sam and dean the lovable <laughs> like I say um, I think when it got released in the UK the first time round they've done the marketing all wrong for it because the whole billboards and shit was coming out saying Sec- uh, scary is now sexy and the show's oh right oh that's bad yeah. um, <laughs> but the show's not about that at all and like I said the show's about the relationship between Sam and Dean like the two brothers, brothers and how like different they are how similar they are um, there's some characters that come in, some characters that you miss, some characters you think, oh, this place fell off. But uh, yeah. like characters like uh, Charlie, who's this uh, nerdy redhead who honestly <laughs> I absolutely adored and fell in love with about a million times over. She was like your little sister uh, you wanted to look after. Um, and Castiel, who was this weird angel dude. But that was like, say, when. The show started going off the rails a bit when they start doing too many episodes about good and evil being God and the devil and stuff. Uh, kind of lost yeah. track a bit. It's not on my list for one reason I, because I've not finished it. it right. Me and Anne 
watched it, um, I want to say about from around 2013, we started it. I think Anth had watched it before me, um, but then we started it from the beginning. And up until season 10, there was not a season that I did not absolutely love. You're right. Like, Charlie, I found Felicia Day through that oh, um, series, yes. <laughs> and I absolutely adore Charlie. Yeah. Um, and there are some really cool characters. What was cool that characters. show she did as well? What was it? The Guild? The Guild. Yeah, you, I remember years ago, you mocking me online because I just found it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, and I, you were, I was like, oh, I've just watched the whole series, and you were like, well, it's not that hard to do. It's like only about 20 minutes long or something. <laughs> I remember watching years ago, but like say that it was um like say the way I liked it because that's how I was as a teenager. Like you kid like I say people really liked us <laughs> because of the stuff actually, I liked. So actually I've got two seconds. Oh got the Felicity Day about the phone. <laughs> I've dropped my headphone. So I actually have her book um <laughs> You're never weird on the internet. Almost by Felicia. Felicia, do. Yep. If you want to relive your childhood, <laughs> pick up her book because it is absolutely fantastic. She is no different than any boy who grew up in the eighties and nineties. Only difference is she was homeschooled, so she got away with a lot more. But it yep. is such a good read. Yep. Um. But I never finished Supernatural. The whole. It wasn't the whole good versus evil that got us it was one series sam's gonna die one yes. series dean's gonna die yeah. who's gonna die this series don't know because yeah. they're going backwards and forwards and yeah. but the law was come back and it was yeah. just getting so repetitive i okay. will eventually finish it because i do like i did i invested so much time with these mm -hmm. two and yeah. like when this when <clears> the last <throat> series when the last episode of a series come on i would start crying when um Kansas was played because it, that song is yeah. that song is all about Dean. Yeah. It was always all about Dean. And I just thought out of the two of them, he was the most special because he was the most invested. Mm -hmm. He was the one who started it all. If it wasn't for Dean, you wouldn't have Sam fall like involved in it. Yeah. And it was all about like to start with, it was all about going to find their dad. Mm -hmm. And if you're a fan of the X-Files, you're a fan of this because they always did a monster of the week, which yes. is what the X-Files used to do. But what and I love, love about it as well, because like I say, me and Nick's actually watching it again. Because <laughs> like I say, uh, we, like I say there's, there's certain things we love. We love the trickster episodes as well, when the whole Logan yeah. and, uh, or, or Gabriel, as he later become, um, starts uh, messing with them. We've just got through the, the bit where they put them through all the different TV shows, where you get to, uh, Dean and Sam's getting hit in the club yes. by the Japanese uh, game show and stuff like that. Um, it's the silly ones or when Dean gets infected by the, the scary virus and becomes terrified of everything. You're just screaming uh, like a girl, yes. Uh, and that's the uh, that's the one at the end where he's caught in the car singing Eye of the Tiger, which is uh, one of the best uh, outtakes. It's so good. But it is I'm not so spoiling good. because I know you haven't watched it. I haven't, I haven't watched the ending. Season yeah. 10 is where we kind of lost yeah. off. Because a lot of people didn't like the ending. Like, so I, I personally did. I thought the ending made sense. The only thing that spoiled it a little bit was because of the whole pandemic. They had couldn't to, do it right. No, they did it okay, but they just couldn't get the people in that needed to be in, if that made sense. Yeah, it does. But, um, yeah, but like I said, the whole, what you said there, it's hard to get 
bothered when people die in the show, then you know because the next season they're going to come back. Come back. I heard it just, people did. Um, there was no weight behind. Yeah, there was no weight behind it. The only one that did have a massive impact on us, and I think we only had to turn it off for a few days because we were so bummed out by it. Was the death of Bobby? Yeah. Like that was so sad. And Bobby's did hold weight behind it because guess what? Didn't come back. The fo- like the next episode, and yes, we have we did see Bobby a few times, mm-hmm. but it was never in a way that Bobby was actually going to come back into physical form, not like what they did. So he did hold a lot, a lot of weight. Yes, but I say because um, like I say, there's certain characters that came in with those bit parts that grew, like Crowley, and then um, look, Mark Shepard, yeah, such and, a good actor, and he's in the X Files. He's yeah, in a really good then, episode of um, X Files. I won't, I, the, his his mum comes in. I don't know if you the season when his mum comes in. With the redhead. Yes. Um, can't think of what her name is. Ruth. No, Ruth. that is that the actress or is that her? I might be the actress, but um, her, like I say, we loved her in it as well. But again, it's it's one of the things about the show. I think it lost off. It started becoming like, um, who's good, who's bad, and flipping the sides but yeah i think i read originally that it was meant to actually finish after season six that's where the writers had the whole from season one to season six mapped out originally for the show and that's when it was going to be the uh, logical ending when chuck winks at the camera to see if when he says oh they like hints that he's god um that's mm. that was when the show was meant to physically end but when the fan base grew the network went, we need more, and then massive. carried on for fucking 15 seasons. <laughs> it was absolutely huge, wasn't it? Yeah. I, again, it's not on my list because I didn't finish it, and it's not. It's a hard one just to jump back into when you've seen it before. It's not, And that sounds ridiculous coming from me because I can watch things a hundred times over, and every single one on my list is something that I can revisit. Mm-hmm. But that one is just a tough one to watch, and it's a tough one to get back into. Um, especially when you invested so much time to start with yeah. and just to be constantly given the same thing over and over again it gets a bit draining mm-hmm. but I do I do want to finish it I'm, I hear, I'm sick of like having lists on like Prime or on Netflix where I just haven't finished the series Yeah. so I will get back out there to finishing it are you ready for my second one? Well, ready. number two it's a bit of a, it's not probably it's not an odd one. I only I only watched it a few years ago thanks to um football because I was, didn't want to watch football so I thought you know what I'm gonna go I'm gonna stick this on, and it's Downton Abbey. Right. Okay. It is. I absolutely adore it. Um, I never thought I would. I'm not. Re- I'm not really into periodic pieces. Yeah. But it's it's absolutely fantastic again it is character driven mm-hmm. it is you you can attach yourself to these people and just follow them and um, it, it's another show that once i'm finished i'll go back to the first episode and watch it all over again quite happily you've got the same um, coming out this christmas as well haven't you? <laughs> cannot, wait. cannot wait i'm very apprehensive over it because i the when the when i when i want to go and see the film i think like the first hour i was like carolyn this we could have watched this on the telly like there's nothing special behind yeah. it and then by the time it was finished i was like no that was re- that was really special i'm glad i got to see it on the big screen and mm-hmm. um, and the next one i'm just 
I'm apprehensive as to how it's going to go forward because of how the last one ended, how the film ended. Yeah. And I'm not going to, I don't know, I, I don't know if it's a thing to spoil, but um, spoilers if you've not seen the film. <laughs> the Dawood. <laughs> <laughs> the the they're, they're, they're watching the wrong podcast because they don't like spoilers. I know, <laughs> I know, it's true. But the, um, the, the Dowager, who was played by the fabulous Maggie Smith, um, announces that she's dying. And I think this the next film is going to be either she has confirmed to be in it, yeah. So whether it is leading up to her death or it's the aftermath of it, and because she's a huge part of this family, and it'll it's going to be a huge loss when she's gone because she yeah. is so influential on everyone, and she has such a heart of gold and. The a family who like because it's it's based in the nineteen twenty well, we're in the nineteen twenties now but it started the day the Titanic sank, the right. day the news of the, the news hit the UK that the Titanic sank because that's what it's, that's how it all progresses. Um, the heir to Lord Grantham's estate was on the Titanic, mm-hmm. and now they have to um, find his next heir, which is like a third cousin, um, and it's Matthew Crawley who's just a, a solicitor. He's just a normal person who's been brought into this grand family and it's just oh then you got you upstairs you got you downstairs and i just <laughs> love it and all the clothes and the drama it's just fantastic Down like, uh, it's not something i've watched um it's been on my radar like so I, again i'll do like a period piece like i say give us power uh hercules power any day uh, <laughs> but um the closest i've got i think was the bob's burgers episode when they took the piss out of it <laughs> Totally forgot about that one but it's just it's lovely there's like you've got your romantic story of the ups upstairs but you've also got a romantic story downstairs yeah with and it's just uh, i just love it and it's it's just hard to put in sometimes put into words on downton abbey how much i love it because it isn't something that i, I didn't watch it when i was on telly yeah it was a couple of years ago football thing was on and i didn't want to watch it i didn't want and i thought perfect time and I'll stick down Nabby on and I was at, and there's bits in it like there's I don't get scared at horror films and yeah. I'm very I very rarely shriek out loud. There is one scene in Downton that made me scream out loud like a little girl because it was horrifying. Right. But it was it just came out of nowhere. I'm not gonna tell, <laughs> I'm not gonna spoil it. It just came out of nowhere and it looked like something out of a horror film and it actually made me scream out loud. Very cool. Because you just do not see it coming. It was great. Yeah. But yes, Downton is a is a is a one that is very close to my heart, and I'm actually watching at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. So I'm I happy to move on to my next one. Yes. What's number three? So again, it wasn't a long show. Mm-hmm. It was a, a it's a British one. So nice. the British ones are not normally that that long. Um, was it two series by any chance? No, no, it wasn't two series. I think it was, mm. I think it was three, three, yeah, three seasons. I'm sure of it. If I'm wrong, uh, blasters on it. But it was mm-hmm. either this, I was toying with this, or the the one that followed it. Because I can say I'm a big fan of Inside Number Nine, but The League of Gentlemen, um, absolutely adored the show. Like I say, every element. Like I say, the writing, the acting. Like I say, the marketers. Um, like I say it was involved like just like the whole characters like it felt like a very British TV show but like British horror at the same time very old, old style horror as well 
like um like tubs and uh, are your logo was written um like say I'm trying to think of his name now the German character in it as well it's so uh, portable as well isn't yes. it so you, you can everyone's got a lot. boat that can I think there's Pauline and her pens <laughs> and um I remember as well because me and Nick went to see this uh, the Christmas stage show at the Empire um seeing mm. it done live and it's just as well done like and like the butcher uh, the, was it Hillary the butcher as well that honestly that that was as terrifying like so I used to be scared <laughs> and uh, the whole taxi yeah, driver like transvestite like, uh, taxi driver as well Barbara <laughs> just lots of the different elements that make you laugh but it's if you because like one of the things I've picked like the shows for is like the rewatchability and you can watch the League of Gentlemen again and again and pick up different things and I know it's like I say it's always got its bit of controversy as well like I, say, I know they've recently edited it out on Netflix where they got rid of um the blackface of Papa Lazaro which again you're like my wife now Dave <laughs> you want to buy some pegs <laughs> <laughs> absolutely horrifying that yes. character but yeah. they did they, they took him out and um, i don't know if it's right or wrong but i he, he was just he was a scary character to start with true absolutely terrifying it's not um something i have watched it but it's not something that i would class as one of my favorites <laughs> at all i didn't enjoy any stretch i think when they've done the, like the film like, it was a bit of a cash-in type situation mm -hmm. but like say the training of Trying to think of Steve Pendleton, Mark Steve Davis, and Reese. Um, can't think of Reese's surname. But Reece. he is. Oh my God! He was in an episode of um, what was that Peter Kay thing? Car share. Mm -hmm. And he's he's a, a fishmonger in front when the supermarket with the workout, and he gets a lift off them, and he is absolutely hilarious. He is so funny, and the outtakes on that bit. Whether in the car when he's singing in the car is just some of the funny like uh, it's pain crippling. Reese is hilarious. Yeah, it's Steve, uh, Smith. I've just uh, found. Shea Smith. Yeah. Um, Steve, what's his face? Steve Pendleton and Mark Pendleton. Pierce. But like I say, Mark Pierce does a lot of writing now, so different shows, and his writing's always on point, and it's always he's a brilliant writer, famous. and he also is a huge horror fan. One of my favourite documentaries um, is a Mark Gatiss one about the history of horror and it's done in three parts. It is available on YouTube if you would like to watch it and it is going through the um, 1920s horror to the 60s and 70s horror to modern day horror and it is absolutely fantastic. He is such a fan that of just the genre in general so there's yeah. no there's no piss taken on it whatsoever. Because um, wasn't he involved in the new Dracula that came out as well? I think so. Uh, I think he was a writer. It, yeah, it was well. him and um, the guy who did Doctor Who. He did Doctor Who with. Right. Um, it was them two, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I kind of lost off mm -hmm. on the last episode. I kind of got a bit drained, but yeah, Mark um, and watched it and said it was great. But Mark Gatiss and oh, what's his name? He did Doctor Who. Oh, no. Stephen Moffat. Stephen Moffat, that's the one. Yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. Totally yeah. went off topic with your air. <laughs> no, no. Like, <laughs> when you get, like, say, there's so much meat in it, but yeah, um, like I said, because there was a quite old, like traditional, I think that's the word, traditional British horror elements to it, where it was like mm -hmm. a country, like say, where like a little country village where 
not many pe people would go like if you're not like people would probably go uh other local and stuff like that um the people whole... call where i'm from royce and lazy because <laughs> when you come into where i live there's a sign that just says local traffic only <laughs> Even like I say, the mates in the pubs where they get after his name now, where when he gets like tells a story and they end up maybe killing himself or killing like his friends and stuff like that, it, 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 it's it's quite relatable <laughs> at times. And the whole nice vet as well, who's lovely, but he kills all the animals. <laughs> it's just like it was like quite a twist on like all creatures great and small as well. Um, which is did a, another, which is a callback. Yeah. They, did a, they did another one as well, um, Psychoville. Yes. Did you ever watch that? I really enjoyed Psychoville. Yeah, I think Nick was a bigger fan of Psycho, but uh, like I say, um, I love Inside Number Nine. I think them episodes. My family, clever. absolutely. Yeah, my like my parents and um, I think my parents watched it, but I'm sure my sister watched it. They enjoyed it, but and my mum really loved Psychoville as well. It's it's so twisted. Mm -hmm. Like they they took it to a whole so new level with that. Yeah so twisted but so well written i think that's the the best part about them is just how good it's written <laughs> cool but yeah that's my number three a league of gentlemen it's again I, I can go back to that at any time and there'll probably be an element that i'll not even notice like a little thing that you like in the background and yeah it's like i say that's that's what i love about it as well so i always get something from it brilliant so mine i'm i'm gonna not doing my next one that I planned because mine kind of falls in with the British programming and mm -hmm. um, it's <laughs> comes with a very funny story on my birth and um, the uh, it's only fills and horses right okay cool very it's good. something that is incredibly close to me and my family because it's it's just it's it's a it's always been a like mm -hmm. so back so you when you come home from work you stick the telly on have your tea, what you're gonna put on. It's usually an episode of Friends, isn't it? Well at my house it used to be an episode of One of Kills and Horses. Yeah. And the the story is that that my when my mum went into labor with me, my dad told her he couldn't take her to the hospital yet because the episode of One of Kills and Horses that was on hadn't finished and he needed to watch it before <laughs> they could go and my mum had to wait. Um <laughs> So there's always like a funny bird story with my with the only birds and horses, but it's just it's so funny. There is a lot. There's a lot you couldn't get away with now. Yes, yes. Some of the words in there are very yeah. questionable, but again, it's a it's a it's a product. It's a program of its time, yeah. Um, that did change as time went on. Mm -hmm. It progressed with its times. It didn't just stay in the past and oh. said incredibly. Um. There's a lot of TV shows things. and films that, like, say, as you watch now, you realise and think, oh, that that is a little bit uncomfortable. Like, even something as modern as Friends. Friends. Yeah, as Friends is like it's got quite a lot of homophobic. Uh, Massively. In there. Yeah, which. But it, uh, it's a, yeah. again, it's a product of its time, and. Yeah. It's uh, not right. It's not wrong. It's not right. No, I, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a hard yeah. one for us to yeah. talk like to, to see it, um, but yeah, only pills and horses is just. It's oh, it just holds so many special places. Like, and it's something like if I just want if I if I want to have it if I want to have a nap and I'd want something on in the background and shove yeah. an episode on. Yeah. And so I yeah, always so, start. So hmm? It re reminds me of Christmas only fills and horses because, like, say as you said, you always used to have your family round. Yeah. Put, put something because you wanted to see your family and talk to your family, so you put something on the background. It used to be an only fills and horses episode, and by the end of the episode, you're not talking to each other. You're all watching. All sitting and watching it. it. Yeah. Uh huh. 
The characters are hilarious in it. There's so um there's so there's a, a decent quality about the mock trick. is just so funny. Um but Del Boy obviously is like the, the he's just in, oh god, that's my dad. My dad's just banged on the window. <laughs> my dad's getting a cameo. <laughs> Sorry, give us two seconds. I'm just gonna run out the room. Fine, two though. minutes, two minutes. No, that's fine. I'll just talk about only frills and horses. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, for anyone that's listening, like, yeah, I've got a soft spot for some of like, my favorite episodes. Is basically um, when they dress up as uh, Batman and Robin and, and go to the <laughs> go run oh. through the streets. That that's always uh, a big spot for me. Like, I always laugh to that. Um, my, dad, my dad bringing me tea bags. <laughs> don't worry, that's fine. I just. Was talk, I was just talking away to myself about the episode of when um, Del Boy and Rodney got dressed up as Batman and Robin and <laughs> went, went running through the street. Then you see the burglar, uh, the robber, seeing them and, <laughs> and just running away in shock, thinking Batman and Robin's after them. But it's the, so it's many the, different classic bits of TV, uh, British TV, in that show. It's the de- it's where he goes, Del, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> He's and absolutely David Jason who plays Del Boy, like I think the scene, like my utmost, the, there's two two scenes that's brilliant. The one where he's getting the cocktail at the bar and they move the the side of the bar up and he and he goes yeah, and, and he falls everyone down. knows what's going to happen and the straight faces. I don't know how they didn't break down. It's um, Trigger, the actor who played Trigger. If if he if he didn't do it right, it would just crumble because he looks around for him <laughs> he kind of is when he falls he looks around and like oh and then he's like oh there you are and if, if he didn't do it right then mm. the whole scene is just completely ruined but there is one episode of only Fills and horses that i cannot watch because of the cringe factor in it mm-hmm. and it's called a royal flush right. and it's where rodney gets involved with a um a, a, a lady almost and goes to her uh, her estate with her father and the, the shooting and very Downton Abbey actually. <laughs> um, but Dell manages to go, right? And takes and oh, the night at the house is awful. It's even worse when they go to the ballet or the opera or something like that, and he's got his girlfriend Trudy there. It's oh, it's terrible. It's so cringing that I just cannot. It was it was like I think it was like a Christmas special. Um, Sorry. They did do some great, no, they did do some great Christmas specials, but they did do just specials in general. So, mm-hmm. like, Jolly Boys Outing is one of my favorite episodes. And yeah. um, to Back, where they do the diamond. Yeah, but the best thing about it is they, they brought um, a lot of things, it, it, like, connected, and mm-hmm. jo- like, especially with the storyline with Raquel. When yeah. when he meets his girlfriend Raquel, who is married to a police officer, that police officer is someone that you met in like the third series when Slater the Slag comes in, <laughs> um, and he is Raquel's ex-husband, who they then then see in the class of '62, which is in the early '90s when Raquel's pregnant. One thing about Brilliant. the show as well that always stood out for me, uh, I, I, know, I know, like I say, I've talked about like OCD and stuff like that. The continuity of the characters there was very rare that anyone was either recast or uh, uh-huh. changed like say uh, throughout and there was there's 
I, I don't know how many actual seasons there is, but there's quite a lot, even for a British uh, show, because normally the British ones are quite short, but there's quite a lot of seasons with it. There's more, there's more specials probably than there is seasons, seasons if, I'm, yeah. if I'm thinking of it, because then you've got the, all the Christmas specials, not just yeah. the ones of, of recent time, but obviously the ones from back in the day, but then you've got Jolly Boys out in Hull and Back, um, Frog's Legacy, where he goes looking for his gold bullion, which was the basis of Rock and Chips. Yeah. Um, another one that John Sullivan wrote, which didn't get finished because, unfortunately, John died before finishing um, Rock and Chips, which is really sad. Um, uh, but there's, yeah, he, there's not a, continuity is great because mm-hmm. it's, you can't, there's things that I've never been able to pull apart and also they don't ever recast so um, sadly the guy who played Mike passed away who owned the, the, mm-hmm. the landlord of the Nags Head yeah. when he passed away he went to prison right. his character went to prison yeah. and it was Sid who came and, t- and took over when Uncle Albert sadly yeah. passed away they, oh, they oh, oh. actually yeah, the and granddad as well. Yeah. Um, they don't recast their their characters when they go. Mm-hmm. They do a, a nice way of of letting them go, like moving them on type thing. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah that, that, that was always a standout. But like, say the only other part, like say that there's everything. If you mentioned only those horses, it all instantly jumps in my mind. Is the chandelier scene? Hate it. I don't like that. I do not like really? another one. It's another oh. one. I don't. It's hilarious and it's and it's iconic, but yeah. I just don't like that episode. It, it's the first few series of the episodes are quite touching, uh, like hit and miss. Mm-hmm. But that one for me just doesn't Does hit my do funny button. Doesn't hit my funny bone like it probably should. <laughs> it says more about me than it does you. To be honest, I like to see people getting fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> There's, one of my favourite ones is Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And it's where it's where Del um Del's friend comes over from Australia and he they used to own it. He's a his character name gets mentioned quite a few times. Um but I and I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. But he comes back from Australia and he offers Del the world. Like, come to Australia, I'll get you a job. By this this time next year, you generally will be a millionaire. And he's gonna go, and he's gonna take Rodney. Gets into a bit of a argument with Granddad because he can't go, and then they find out that Rodney can't go because he has a criminal um, record. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they get into a massive fight, and be, and Del can't leave him. Yeah, and he turns down this opportunity of a lifetime. Um. To, to stay with Rodney and Grandad, but there's one scene in it that actually breaks my insides. The, sit, the Grandad and Rodney are sitting in the flat. Dell walks in, absolutely pissed out of his brain, just going, da-na-na-na-na-na, and then all of a sudden, Rodney just shuts the door on his face. <laughs> <laughs> and it's comedy timing like that yeah. that made this show so funny and so special, and I just love it. So that was my number three, Only Fills and Horses. I love the characters, like the people like Nicholas Lenhurst and David Jason who played the character as well, because they've done other things, probably not to the success, but um, like I say, I love Nicholas Lenhurst in uh, Good Night, Sweetheart. I knew as well. you were going to say that. I was like, say, a weird show, but quite uh, sweet at the same time. Um, my friend, my friend Amy, 
um, who I don't know if she'll listen to this actually, but she absolutely loves it. It's something that she, it's, it's one that she can just stick it on in the background yeah. and just watch it repeatedly. She loves it. I never got into it yeah. like that. Uh, it reminds us of sitting with the, like, say, me, me, like my mum and dad and stuff like that. And again, with David Jason, it was probably before Only for the Horses, but Open All Hours with. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, thingy, that was good. He's also in a good, he's also in a couple episodes of Porridge as well. Yes. Um, playing, oh, it's the, it's the hospital one, isn't it? He was a hospital patient in Porridge. Mm. So a Porridge was something my dad used to watch and kind of, I can't even think of who it is because it's the same guy who was in Open All Hours. Yeah. Can't think of his name. What is the matter with us? <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a long day, don't worry. Um, but um, no, like I said, there was, like I said, a lot of good things about that came from it. Like I said, a lot of uh, careers that were probably made from only film horses as well. Like some of the actors that went on to do it. Um, but like I said, the, the guy I'm thinking of, it was... Uh, Ronnie Barger. I don't know how I Ronnie forgot Barger. Ronnie Barger. Oh my yeah. God, the two Ronnies! Like, how could we forget <laughs> that? I read an, an article the other day, and it was, um, it was proper clickbait, and it was, Only Fools and Horses actor marries son, marries the son, the actor son of Only Fools and Horses, and I was like, what the shit? <laughs> Raquel married uh, the the kid who played Damien. No, Raquel married the adult who played Damien in the flashback scene, where he's talking to President Reeves. And I'm like, but he was a, that just, it made her sound like a proper perv and it wasn't. It was, she married the adult version yeah. of Damien, not the child version. <laughs> and I, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> uh, but yes, that's my, that's my number three. What's your number four? Number four, again, it doesn't quite break one of my rules because we don't know if it is ended. Because okay. obviously we'll do a special. I don't think you'll, we'll get another season of it. But uh, Sherlock. Oh my God, that's not where I thought you were going with it at yeah. all. Uh, come um, back and, uh, and go. But I absolutely adore this show. There's not one episode that's bad. The, again, it's, it's Mark Gatiss. Yeah, Mark Gatiss writing it. But it's and Stephen Moffat. <laughs> brilliantly acted. Um, like I say, the cast is absolutely perfect. And I was always a big Sherlock fan. I love the old films. I love the books, and doing it in such, uh, like I say, a modern way as well. Um, brilliant. Like I say, um, surprising you as well. That that was always the thing because you think, oh, I know these stories. I know what's going to be the outcome, and and everything that does happen. But doing it in twists and stuff, and like I say, Martin Freeman who plays Watson, absolutely. Like, see, I love it, but Benedict Cumberbatch is the perfect Sherlock Holmes. And the guy who plays Professor Moriarty is my all-time favourite bad guy in a TV show because he's absolutely sinister, creepy, and uh, I think he was called Andrew Scott. He's a fantastic actor. Mm -hmm. Like, not just as Moriarty, oh, he was very sinister and creepy as Moriarty, but anything that that he touches is he, is just perfection he's in a film i love called pride um and he's just he's just so oh he's such a good actor and um, sherlock is brilliant and i think because it's not one of my favorites um but i did i do thoroughly enjoy the episodes um 
I did not know that they could be doing another one. I don't know if that's the thing because they never announced them. But like I say, they've always said if they would do others if they get the cast in the right place. But the cast now... Oh, that's true, them, they're all over the place, aren't they? Money, big money to get them to do... That's why I think if they're going to do a spin-off, it'll be like a Christmas special or like a one-off special. Do you know, do you know what, though, with Sherlock, it is something that you can pick up and come back to because yeah. each story was... it. it they were all like individual stories. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and like some of them did in, intertwine. There was a lot of the Moriarty ones that had like elements to them. But again, it wouldn't spoil anything if you just picked up anything. Like one of the, one of my favorite episodes. I know it's going to sound a bit pervy. Was the Arlene Atler uh, story? Because like, was that the first one? It wasn't the first episode. It was uh, I, I can't remember the season, but I remember because um, you got to know the characters a bit more, and you thought Sherlock was this heartless uh, guy. And he kind of fell for a little bit, but mm -hmm. to do her character as a dominatrix as well was absolutely brilliant. Like it works so well because she was always a manipulator, and she like like was like a the female version of Sherlock in in the books. Um, but to have her as a dominatrix was like having men kneel like that, that power aspect that was always done really well. And even like say characters like in it. Um, the, the female doctor, uh, Molly, uh, who worshipped the ground that Sherlock walked on, yeah. and having the little heartbreaking episodes where he would like make fun of her jokingly, but and she would you could tell it was breaking her heart every time. But even like I say, the inspector, um, oh, I've got I've forgotten his name now. The, the inspector in it was done really well because he, he wasn't a bumbling idiot. No. Where he's been shown in other films or stuff, he was like using the resources but again having Mark Gatiss in it as Sherlock's brother uh, Mycroft Mycroft Holmes as well that was genius because like I said it was a perfect foil but um, it's, it's oh, I think it's something I would I'm going to have to watch again yeah because like I said the whole like build up to the Rayshire Falls and the books was like I said I loved like I said it's one of my favourite stories and the way they did it in in the actual show was mm -hmm. breathtaking and how they followed it up as well that was always basically for me because when they done the cliffhanger you had to wait nearly a year to get the answers and they did it well I don't think like I said sometimes like it's anticlimactic and to be fair it could have been seen that way but it was very Sherlock the way he got the answers but yeah Sherlock mm -hmm. like I say one of my top top shows like I say I um, I can, as you said, just pick up an episode and watch it. Yeah. But it's not an episode. It's not the type of show where I can watch in the background if I watch it. No, you've got to, you've it, got it, to watch it. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's something that probably wouldn't it. It didn't even cross me radar when I was thinking of series, even though I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I do love um Benedict Cumberbatch as yes. uh, enough to where I watched the Robert Downey Jr. version of it for 10 minutes and turned it off. I have never turned a film off for any reason. I have, I, I sat through Geostorm for Christ's sake. That robbed me of an hour and a half of my life. But 10 minutes into listening to Robert Downey Jr. trying mm. to be Sherlock, I thought, no, can't, I still can't do this. Laughing at that. So I think someone posted in the Facebook group. I saw that. Um, having Robert Downey Jr. in there, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and no one made a shit, no shit Sherlock joke. That was that would have been good. <laughs> I 
out of out of criteria. That would have been good. It's um, I, I did that. Do you know what? It's something that I completely. It's like the other week. The other week. God, it was last year. Um, the Hunger Games. Completely yep. forgot they existed. <laughs> And I, I sat and watched all the Hunger Games films, and I've just done the same there. I completely and utterly forgot until you said it that Sherlock existed. Yeah. I might have to sit and watch <laughs> them again. This is, again, not a harp on it. This is what I love about these type of things. It's not just introducing the memory fresh. Remember things and think, <laughs> yeah, that, that was good. Like I say, there's been a lot of posts in the Facebook group about old TV shows uh, recently, and mm -hmm. bring them back. Like I say, my wife posted a few last night. So, People would have done ape shit over, like Tenth Kingdom. Fuck Tenth Kingdom. I've not seen Tenth Kingdom in how many years? <laughs> I didn't watch it when it came out, but I do know what it is. I was not a telly person growing up. Um, I was very much out the house. I think the first series I ever watched where I actually, like, because my sister was into Buffy and mm -hmm. um, Goosebumps and stuff like that. Like, she had telly programs that she would, like, have to visit on a weekly basis i didn't i wasn't bothered i would i was always out the house and um, but the first one that i really got to was um prison break right okay i used to watch er occasionally but it was something yeah. that i could come back to and throw you know i mm. wasn't fully invested but prison break series one series two was shocking and i just turned it off <laughs> well but to be fair after the, after the premise of them getting out of the prison everything else is ended <laughs> Exactly, um, but Prison Break was probably the first series that I like. I proper invested time in, and like had to keep going back like each week to to watch it. It was some of the, it was some of the best telly I'd ever, up to that point ever seen. Yeah. But now I can't not watch a TV series. Like I have to have something something ongoing. Like me and my husband at the moment are watching um, oh Doom Patrol season two and mm -hmm. Titan season two. Yeah, but we watch we'll watch an episode of. To, to one or two episodes of one and then move on to the next one and mm -hmm. um, we've also got on the go the clone wars something that we are struggling with massively because star wars politics can really get in the way of a good storyline yeah. um what else have we got on the go we've got so many uh, the last airbender i've got that on the go avatar the last airbender and i'm absolutely loving it and um, but we have so many tv shows on the go yeah it's ridiculous Ridic. So Are you ready for my next one? Yep. Right, so my next one. This one is, is one of my favourite shows, but for not the reasons that people are going to think. Probably is my top time favourite show. Um, it's, it made me potentially, not. I don't want to say it made me who I am today, that's ridiculous, but it introduced me back into fantasy genre. Right. Because I used to back in my early 20s was a huge Lord of the Rings fan, like totally over the top Lord of the Rings fan. And just as time went on, it just slipped out my head. Bringing this into in back into my life got me back into the Tolkien universe, and it is Game of Thrones. Right. Now, I am not defending <laughs> the last no. few series. I can't. No. I am basing this on what the first few seasons brought to my life mm -hmm. um and how it's it's progressed me into the book i've got the book series up there which is which is hard <laughs> really hard to read <laughs> um but that's what i base my love on was the first few series and what it, it brought to us it, it, it and it gives us like i've got a 
And if you know this, I have a Game of Thrones group on Facebook, which is over 9,000 9, million subscribers. <laughs> I don't know how the actual figure is. Like, yeah, it's like 9,000 uh, subs on there. And that was my Sunday evening was an episode of Game of Thrones and then get on the group chats and talk to all the fans about it and take the piss out of all the standards fans. And it was that I absolutely, I absolutely loved that part of Game of Thrones was the conversations I had with people afterwards and the friends like I've made out of it. I have like friends all over the world because of Game of Thrones. Um, I got like Sandeep in India and Carolyn and Caroline and Kerry in America and we all came together and made a Game of Thrones group and it just that was my Sunday tea time was just talking to them about the episodes and the last series was terrible I'm not gonna lie it was absolutely horrific um but we have the books that's the one thing we have to take away from this we have the books it's not it's not all concluded with what that them horrible people D and D did to that show horrible people. I'd say I've got a lot of love for the Game of Thrones, but that's probably why it wouldn't ever get in my, my top five or, or it possibly wouldn't even sneak into be top ten at the moment due to because mm. I know how it ends and it's one of the to me one of the biggest disappointments I've experienced like in a TV show. Like, there's been others, but that is probably up there with one of the biggest disappointments. Even the only I read... the early stuff, uh-huh. I can't go back through and watch it again. Knowing how it ends. Yeah. So if this is what this is what annoys me. So if Bran becomes, and this is spoilers again if you've not watched Game of Thrones, <laughs> what you been, but Bran getting everything at the end, becoming, you know, the the um, yeah, you know, the, uh, Bran yeah. the what was it, Bran the, the Bran the Broken. Bran it's the Broken. not the issue with Bran getting the throne in the end. And becoming king of the Andals and you know this blah blah blah. That's not the issue. The issue is the fact that they didn't fucking explore Bran enough to make him interesting to sit on the throne. Yeah. So he is a three-eyed raven seal. They they totally built up this story of the Night King and who we was, and that was all we talked about is who is the Night King, and guess what, we never fucking found out, because they were too fucking lazy to actually yeah. put it in the story, they totally ruined Bran by taking him out of a full series, because guess what, they didn't know how to fucking write for him, because the source material wasn't there anymore, they are the worst writers ever, if you go and have a look on their films, that one of them, one of them isn't even a writer, he's just there for the fucking job, for the ride, but the other one, if you go and have a look at his films, his credit films, every review is shit writing because he is terrible. If he didn't have the books behind him, mm-hmm. that's why the first few series is phenomenal. Is because he had the source material to back him with. Didn't he come out? As, didn't they come out and say that uh, during the last season as well? He got the cast to write their own, or not write their own, but have input on their own dialogue because he thought they knew their characters better than no because he can't fucking write for people. That's the issue. He's, so they got a Star Wars deal handed to them yes. on the back of Game of Thrones. Right? I, I put them in my They got a three-movie deal for Star Wars. They were told by HBO, you, George is willing to help you, we will give you the money. We will give you the series. We will give you the time 
to do the show. They said, can't do it, we've got Star Wars. And they went, fair enough, give it to someone else. Let, to, let some other people come and show run it. It's absolutely fine. You don't need to be a part of it. It's not yours. Mm -hmm. um, they said, no, we're not doing that. And they fucking quickly ended Game of Thrones on how they did it, all to get that Star Wars deal that was eventually then taken away from them, then to be given a Netflix deal, which, where's, where's it at? I hate these people for what they did. They took a series that had so much fucking potential and threw it down the drain because they can't write. I'm really sorry for all the F-bombs, but they cannot, they are not good writers. And oh. when you, when their source material was taken away from them, they didn't know what to do. Yeah. And they were so it was, it was, bad at it. As I said, well, I think the last two seasons, the last season for me was painful. This one before, yeah, because you, that was the anticipation. You think, oh, it's going to go somewhere. You probably could have got, I know I'm probably exaggerating, about three or four extra seasons just on the back to lead up to where it got to, where it would make more sense and you would care more because the whole switch from Daenerys being, oh, I love everyone to fuck everyone was just it's basically not, it's not. in That's two episodes and I was like, yeah. where? Uh, just went That's from the freer of slaves uh, to. To, to, to the burning of buildings. Yeah. There's another thing as well. So the best thing about Game of Thrones was always the fan theories mm -hmm. and the, you know, the what ifs and the what maybes. And the, the top one was always Jon Snow because we yeah. always had an inkling Jon Snow was not who he was. And it was yeah. always R plus, what was it? Um, oh, what's his parents called? Um, Regal and yeah, R plus L equals J. That was what was out throughout the whole thing. And I remember watching an episode of Comic Book Girl 19 on YouTube years ago, and she threw the theory out there that he was Targaryen. Mm -hmm. And we were like, holy shit, that meant something. Yeah. It had to mean something because it was so hidden throughout the whole of the, the books and the series. And it was, and then we find out for it to mean absolutely fuck all. Because John ends up back on the wall. Yeah, that was the whole thing. It's like Ugh. when when like when they had him in jail, and they were like negotiating stuff, and they were like, "No, we want him because he killed our queen." It's like, well, we'll send him back over in the, we'll the wall. Send him the wall. Send him the wall. He likes being there. We'll just send him back over was there. Sansa being queen of the North. That made sense. That made total sense. Total yeah. sense. Got that. Yeah, very much got that. Um, but not knowing who the Night King is making such a big book. Do you know what it is? It's because they don't fucking know. That's the problem. And again, not seeing Cersei die. <gasps> don't what was get the me shit started. with that? <laughs> don't get me started. All she the stuff she did, she needed to have a, an ending. She she deserved more than what she got, and we deserved more than what she got. She got to die in the arms of the person she loved the most. Yet, fair enough, she got crushed, but she deserved better. We deserved better as viewers. The amount of shit that she did. Yeah. She murdered a whole friggin' church. <laughs> she went absolutely batshit crazy. Yeah. And that's what they give her as a death scene. I'm sorry, it was not justified at all i was so angry at how cersei died i was even more angry that jamie died because jamie's one of my favorite characters 
I'm, I'm so calling I'm loving that we're talking about your top five favorite things. I'm and I'm getting so angry. <laughs> I'm so angry. Because that's what it does to you. That's why that's why we're doing this, because we're fucking care. <laughs> I really do care. And I'm so glad that I've got the books to be able to continue the story the, the way that it's meant to. And I know there's a lot that was taken out of the um, the books and not put in the series. And I get that it makes sense. Like to have Lady Stoneheart come into it, that doesn't make sense to have it in the show because you either do it when it, because it's meant to happen straight away after the Red Wedding. If you don't do it then, it doesn't. And it doesn't make sense with the way that the story is in the books to how it in the, in the program, because up to the book points now, um, John and no Jamie and Brianna are trapped by her by Lady Stoneheart. We don't know where their story leads on to. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense if you're progressing the show on past the books. But you've got to be able to think in the. You're never going to have the brain of George R. R. Martin. No. It doesn't work that way. There's only a handful of people who can who can do what he did and but, what the likes of yeah. Tolkien can do. Yeah. But you've got to be smart enough and a good writer to actually break these people down and know what you know there and take it on this way and it pisses me off so badly that they were just so fucking lazy they couldn't even do that but talking sorry to go back there you mentioned a good point though that well not a point like a a reference the red wedding tv wise that is probably one of the best things i've seen TV wise, or the most shocking things. I know, even if you read the books, you were you were waiting. Do you know why? Read, do you know why it was good? Because it was already pre-written out for them. All they had to do was put it on a thingy. But yeah. I, I get what you mean. I do get what you're saying. So I we watched um, Game of Thrones came to us in 2012 when we first moved into our last place. We had no internet, no telly package, and someone at work lent us the first series of Game of Thrones and just said, "Watch it." It's brilliant. Sean Bean's in it. It's fantastic. I was like, oh, okay, give it a try. Loved the first series. Absolutely loved it. But didn't didn't have a a connection with it. Just yeah. it, I enjoyed it. Went under the second series, and I just I wasn't feeling it at all. But Anth was, and he continued on. And I will never forget the night of the red wedding. I was in the bedroom. We lived in a one bedroom flat, so the bedrooms here, living rooms here. And he walks in the bedroom and he went, I need a minute. I can't believe what I've just watched. And he was like, I just, I just, I need, I need to sit in a dark room for a bit. And I was like, wow, that's pretty impactful. Maybe I should go back. So I went back to the first series, caught right the way up ready for when season four started and just completely and utterly fell in love with it. And it, but it wasn't just the show that I fell in love with. It was everything else. It was the, the community that I got into. It was the books and the fan theories and now that I'm I'm sad I'm really I'm just sad for viewers that we didn't get the answers we were looking for um but I'm happy that we've still hopefully if George finishes the books um have the book (laughs) this book's been the winds of winter has been on on the edge for a few years now um but yeah just uh I do love it as much as I've gotten myself very angry about it. It's just because the threw away a great, I mean, the threw away a great series. And did you see the last Comic-Con they did, they didn't even show up? 
the the two um, writers D and D didn't even show up to the Comic Con panel because they were that scared of what the fans were going to react to them. And it was Seth Rogen on his panel and um, preacher, when um, the preacher panel, and he was like, "At least we showed up. Like you might not like the show, but at least we're here to take the shit from you." The D and D couldn't even turn up for their own panel because they were that scared. So that's it. That's Game of Thrones. Right. So <laughs> I yes. feel really hot after that now. <laughs> you see, I think a lot of people will agree with you as well, though. That's the thing. So that see, I was obsessed with Game of Thrones going into it, but again, I'm probably I'm, in that sense probably hard to say never, but I probably wouldn't watch the show again, to be honest. I would. Yeah. But I, I would, because the, the first few series are absolutely brilliant. Like, oh, Jamie, Jamie's story, Jamie Lannister is just absolutely fantastic in that. And the the scene with him and, uh, do you know what? I'd have just been happy if him and Brienne just went into the sunset and had adventures and just live their lives but no that's mm -hmm. not how they, they played it out but that scene between him and Brienne when he's telling her about how we got the name Kingslayer just changed my opinion on Jamie Lannister so much I just absolutely fell in love with him and just thought he was one of the most misunderstood characters um but they just again they just didn't know how to write for these people because they didn't originally write for them and they didn't give two shits to actually they trying to like even us as fans can come up with things how the hell could they not yeah. get us so angry about it and i really i mean i'm sorry if people do disagree with us but i can't see how they would nobody was, liked that last step that last series yeah. <laughs> i was just like to say they just didn't care but um yeah it, it's still still a hard one to take no okay. But, um, but it is if, if they ended it well probably game of thrones would have been in, in my top five if they do, do you know what though, Paul? If they had, if they were, if they did what they what they were asked to do and handed off to somebody else and let somebody else take the reins on it, you would have gotten a dedicated person who actually give a shit about mm -hmm. the show and not just the money that came out of it. Because that's all they give a shit about was the money that came out of that show and went into their pockets. But if they handed the reins to somebody else, that show would still be going today. True. True. Very much so. So, so there we go, before I get even more angrier. <laughs> so moving on. Yep. So my last pick, and again, it's an unusual choice. It is a British show as well, but it's probably my favourite show I'll watch over and over again. Um, it's dark. It's, I think it's brilliantly written again, um, is Luther with Edith uh, Elba. Idris. Idris Elba, uh, yep. Um, like even from because I didn't see the first season when it first came out on BBC. Uh -huh. uh, it was it was Nick who got us into it. She was watching it, um, like I think it was the second season. I was like, oh, what's this? And she explained the premise. Like, say it's like a cop show, but it's dealing with the really bad elements and like how far would you go to try and thing, and if you're on the edge as well, because it's. A lot of the show is about mental health as well because the main character, Luther, has clearly got a lot of problems. He's a super, super intelligent man, but he's got some demons inside himself. It's, um, but there, So I went back and watched the first uh, season. With I think I watched it over two days. 
and it's absolutely the heartbeat it's it's breathtaking and it's scary it's emotional like the first episode he's trapped um it's like he's trapped uh trying to find a little girl in the first couple of minutes who's been hidden away by a paedophile and he's got the paedophile hidden like in a warehouse hanging off somewhere and he's saying i'll save you if you if you tell me where the girl is he tells him he lets him drop so it, it's like puts you in a moral dilemma like would you what would you do in that situation you've got this horrendous sick individual that's killed so many children would you let him fall or would would you tell just but he's always playing that line of like is he is he a villain or is he is he good because the way he handles certain situations he goes above the law he does it takes it in his own hand yeah um i'd say the cast in it as well i fell in love with an absolute homicidal psychopath and ruth wilson's alice absolutely breathtaking to look at and but completely sinister and terrifying at the same time and um like i said the, the it's got paul mcgann in the first season uh, oh, like little doctor who fame as well um like i say uh, someone from Game of Thrones played his, uh, his ex-wife. Uh, she was called uh, Idra Varma, Varma, I think. She, um, she played, she was um, the actress that was uh, trying, the Viper's a sister, I think. Um, um, sisters, one of the Viper. Um, mm -hmm. The, oh God, what they're called. The Dawn. Yeah, I know who I know. Who, I know who you yeah. mean. Yeah, and she, the, sand, the, the sand snakes. The sand snake, but she was like the the one who was in charge of them. Um, but oh, the the what? Uh, Auburn's. Uh, oh God, yeah, Aliria Sand. Yeah, um, but she would like say is trying to pull away from Luther, but still loves Luther, and it, like say her story in the show is absolutely heartbreaking. I don't know if you if you if you've watched it yourself or is it another one that you've not seen? Not watched um, nope, never really um never really been interested, but I was talking to my sister the other night because Line of Duty ended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to that. <laughs> but it was on the back of after watching Line of Duty and she said it's something to do with British TV. They don't know how to end programmes. Luther yeah. was exactly the same and she says they did just didn't know how to end it and I was uh, like well I don't have anything to reference that off because I've never seen it see I um, thought they ended it quite well because for all he's done so good like in the work he does like say he puts some seriously bad guys away uh -huh. he breaks the law he, he does things that he shouldn't do and at the end he gets arrested so spoiler, he sorry, and spoiler. He, um, spoiler alert. The last, the last, <laughs> like, say the last episode, he's getting taken away in handcuffs um, so he, by he, his he gaffer, who, uh, like I say, which is quite ironic because in the first season, his gaffer in the later seasons was sent to investigate him. But then after it all happens, uh, at the end of the first season, which, again, it's heartbreaking. I'll be honest, it, it breaks you. Uh, mm. it's, it's, um, but then, like I say, he becomes his gaffer. He's like a, he's called Dermot Crowley. Um, he plays this part. He's like a old school police commissioner, 
uh, but he's trying to keep Luther on the reins, which is hard to do. Um, but his supporting cast as well is like um, a young lad in it. Um, it's called it's DC, DC, DS Justin uh, Ripley. Um, he's like a mentor, like, like, like that Luther's mentoring and stuff like that, teaching him the ropes. Uh-huh. And um, he has, like, say, such a good partner as well. Um, like all them, all the key elements is there. And there's an episode I absolutely adore where there's this really intelligent serial killer, and the noise the killer, but he mm-hmm. never leaves evidence to do it. So it's kind of like Luther's doing everything he can to trap him down and trap him. To the point where he gets so fed up, he just walks up to him, punches him in the face, breaks his nose, and gets a handkerchief, puts on his face to get blood, and takes it to the crime scene and put blood all over the crime scene. <laughs> just, to, just to say, we know you've killed someone here, we've found the body, we haven't yeah. got the evidence, now I've got the evidence. Wow. <laughs> I've never I've never watched it. He's actually, if, I, if we go back to my topic, he's actually in the office, Idris Elba. Plays Charles, who ends up making Michael leave and start um, Michael Scott Cable Company, mm-hmm. and also Catherine Tate's in it as well. <laughs> but, but yeah, Idris uh, Elba's in that, and I can't bite him as Charles. That's probably <laughs> why I've never watched Luther. I don't like Charles. <laughs> Possibly, but like I say, you can't not like Luther because his heart's in the right place. But it's a very dark show. It's it's gritty as fuck. So his actions are just completely and utterly questionable. Yes, it's like everything. It's like the results are justified, but then you think it's it's like say going beyond the law at times as well. Yeah, because it's 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 all well and good you saying I would do this, but mm-hmm. would you do that? Because yeah. I always say so. <laughs> one show that's not on my list, um, and if the last season had or the last few episodes that they've done, I possibly would have put it on there, but The Walking Dead. I yeah, know a lot of, of people have a lot. I know, I yeah. know a lot of people have a lot, and I totally, they are yeah. justified in what they say about The Walking Dead. But there was always like Laurie Grimes. Mm-hmm. If I was in that world, I'd have killed her. <laughs> yeah. I could not wait for Laurie Grimes to die because yeah. she was so manipulative of mm-hmm. two men who really, she was the one I'd say at fault. Yeah, um, and I couldn't wait for her to. I would have. I would have quite easily done it myself. And then I'm like, but would I? It's the only show that Nick, because I gave up on it a long time ago. Uh, that Nick watches, and after she watches, she's more angry. After yeah, she's it's like, <laughs> yeah, she like perseveres so much with it. To, but I honestly think since Angela Kang's taken over um, as showrunner, I do think that this it's it's had its it's getting a bit better. Like. Yeah. We've gotten so much depth into Daryl that we've never actually seen before. And yeah. I have thoroughly enjoyed it since with the Whispers and Angela Kang taking over. But these additional bits that they've done over the last few weeks mm-hmm. or months is being piss poor an attempt of giving you the walking dead when it's like, just leave it, just mm-hmm. leave it and just start the next series and then we'll finish it. Yeah, but no. So that was just a tangent on the Walking Dead. Sorry. That's <laughs> no, fine. Except I like talking about the Walking Dead because, like, to me, it, it had so much potential. But the problems I always had with it, there was so many nothing episodes, and that and that sounds strange saying a nothing episode, but nothing fucking happened. Nothing led the story. Nothing built on yeah. characters. Just 
it just seemed to be like we don't know what to do in this episode or we'll just pad it out to, yeah. to make it longer. Yeah, no, I totally get that. And, and every, what everyone says about it, they are completely justified. I've been one of those people who have, uh, apart from the last series, I watched every episode on a Monday night mm-hmm. without fail. But before that, I was very much, I'll watch the first few episodes of the series and then I will drop completely off the scale until the very last episode and then I have to watch them all ready for the last one and I did that for years because I could not bear the idea of missing out on something that I have watched since the day it came on yeah. FX mm-hmm. and I couldn't bear it and I've, I've had me absolute like heartbreak and anger over it but I've just I, I do and I might be I might be the only one here but I really have enjoyed the last few series with the whisperers and seeing um, and not having Rick there that's yeah. been like such a breath of fresh air, not having the main focal point on him and his decision making. And let's see what somebody else would decide. Um, I love Carol. Carol is like queen of the apocalypse for me. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that woman. Um, and I just think Daryl's been written so well. Like he was always a one note for me. Like, yeah. He didn't say very much and, you know, fine, well, he was going to get the job done. But on this series with the Whisperers, he hasn't been perfect and he's starting to branch out with other people other than Carol. And yeah. I've just, I've, I've loved that, that development of Daryl. I think it's been great. But mm-hmm. again, it's, but, uh, people are valid in what they say about the programme. Yeah. It's interesting what it. you're saying about Rick, though, because like I say, I know he's gone away now, but they've announced now that the film's going to come out. So, yeah, well, back Rick. <laughs> I don't really care. I, I generally, like, I was a bit miffed that he was gone in the first place, and then, then honestly, the, ne- the episode afterwards where he was gone, I was like, oh, it's not about him anymore. Thank mm-hmm. God. And I love the fact that like they did a time jump. That was the best thing they could have done for that program was do a time jump because they needed to move it on, and the need we, the need to move on as well. They need to be branching out further than what they actually are. That's the another thing as well. They don't move very far. Yeah. They set up camp and create communities that end up just going tits up anyway. Yeah. People like bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a little, little uh, side tangent of Walking Dead there. <laughs> well, we couldn't talk about top TV shows without talking about the top miss, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> So, do you want to know my last one? Yeah, let's go. I would like to know my last one because I can't decide on <laughs> I can't decide oh. on which one I'm gonna pick. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I can't. This has been a week of I quite oh, easily boy. got the first four and the last one just got us. So I'm just gonna say Red Dwarf. Right. Okay. Red Dwarf. Very good. Yes. So Red Dwarf is a, is. I've, I've been watching it since I was a kid. Um, I watch I watch it at least twice a year. Yeah. But the reason I toed and fraud with it for is because I can only watch up to the point where Kachansky comes into it and then oh, I start losing interest. That was awful. Exactly. It yeah. was a bad choice. But up until then, I can watch. Yeah. I watch at least twice twice a year. Mm-hmm. Like, see, I I, I'm the same. I, I love Red Dwarf was my youth. That, that was... Wasn't it Thursday nights, BBC Two? It used to be Red Dwarf night, I think. Can you not remember the weekend where they did a Red Dwarf weekend and whole of BBC Two was just dedicated to Red Dwarf and they did Ready Steady Q 
coop with red dwarf and oh but the whole thing it was like behind the scenes and it it was on it was a weekend it was either a saturday night or it was a whole weekend dedicated to it i just remember being glued to bbc2 on it, it was brilliant um, for me red dwarf was best when it didn't have a budget when it was put together with like really bad shit yeah <laughs> really bad um, props and <laughs> I, I thought it was hilarious like say some of the cast in there like chris barry is my one of my all-time favorite uh so comedy funny. actors uh, and like i say craig charles um uh, as, as lister and um uh, crichton and I can't yeah, Robert Llewellyn as Crichton and Danny yeah. John Jules as the cat. Yeah. Um, but some of the sure. some of the turns of the performance as well. My all-time favorite, Dwayne Dibley. Dwayne Dibley. <laughs> I'm Dwayne Dibley. Yeah, um, I cried when laughing at that. I, just, <laughs> I always, whenever I get angry, I get, I get um, Lister's voice in my head going, "Mr. Caspacho." <laughs> Again, it's, it's a show that's just so uh, quotable, like, years I would just call people smegheads. <laughs> Everyone in, who went to school at our time when Red Dwarf was on did, didn't get away with a day without being called a smeghead. It was so funny, but I do, I get, I do get um, Rimmer's voice in me head when I'm angry, and it's just to calm us down by going, Mr. Caspacho. <laughs> it's the soup, isn't it? It's, the, it's his death soup. Uh -huh. Where he asked it to be heated up, and it was it was meant to be cold. <laughs> what, what was what was Rimmer's um, alter ego called? Um, Ace Rimmer. Ace Rimmer. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Ace Rimmer. Smoke me a kipper. I'll be back for breakfast. Yes, that 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 uh, that is a good show. But to me, as you said, it's not a complete success because it gets to a certain point and it, it certain, comes yeah, unwatchable exactly. and this is why i toed and fraud with it so my other one was that I, I had slotted and a question mark next to it was always sunny in philadelphia mm -hmm. now i only started watching this at the beginning of the year i've watched it three times <laughs> we're, on our, we're on our third go because as soon as we get to the last episode we're like let's go back and see what the gang did on episode one <laughs> And we go straight back to the beginning again. There is not an episode in that in them whole fourteen series that I did not physically wet myself laughing at. Yeah. The Christmas special where the where Charlie attacks Santa Claus and keeps asking if he fucked his mom is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. And he ends up biting the, the ch proper chumps on Santa Claus while he's keep asking the question. It is some of the funniest writing. Um, all like the three guys who were in it, uh, Charlie Day, um, Glenn can't think of his surname, and Rob McElhaney. Mm -hmm. Rob McElhaney created it, and the other two are like help a joint of co creators mm -hmm. um, and writers, and they're all writers on the show. But oh. Dennis Reynolds is my all time favorite character in yeah. any series because watching Dennis develop into the sociopath that he is and Dennis is a serial killer. <laughs> is definitely 100% a serial killer. But watching his progression, like, oh God, what is it? The, um, where he's in the, the hardware store with, um, with Mac and he's talking about the, um, getting women to mm. come back with him. It's, oh, what's it called? The, um, Oh, I can't think. My brain's gone to absolute mush. The Game of Thrones thing's totally taken it out of us. Um, 
Like, oh, yeah, so much abortion like, there. Uh, making <laughs> a <laughs> exercise. <laughs> yeah. uh, making of a serial killer with Dennis Reynolds was genius. Mm. They're right. There has been a few questionable episodes with Always Sunny, especially the ones that you will not find on Netflix because they got pulled. Was the making of Lethal Weapon Five, where Rob and his wife, who plays Deandra, did blackface. Oh. And they pulled they pulled it from Netflix. Yeah. You can go and find them, but it was where they made Lethal Weapon Five. I'd say it's one of the ones that's on my list to watch. I've seen a few bits. I know Nick's again. She's blasted to them, and she loves them. Um, but yeah, the ones I've watched, I've, I've cried laughing at. Like I say, and I always thought the cast was quite brilliant as well. Um, like I say, they have all of them have done other things as well. I like that's it. I'm just sorry. I'm just getting it online. It's the implication. The implication. The implication. He stands and basically he's telling um, Mac that. He's going to make it seem to a woman that he's going to bring her back to his place and do this, that, and the other, mm-hmm. but he's not really. It's just the implication. And it's so, he's so, he's honestly, he, if you type in Dennis Reynolds, the next bit that comes up is serial killer. He <laughs> is a flat out serial killer, but bringing Danny DeVito into it was just genius. And it was basically the first series was on FX and it did well. It was yeah. okay. But the network said he's a he's a really hard because the I think the first episode is like the gang uh, the gang get racist mm-hmm. and I'm sure the second episode is like Charlie gets raped or something like that <laughs> like it's the they really push yeah the boundary like the line is completely gone with them nothing is off the table mm-hmm. um and there was said like the the network said he's a good but you need you need something extra and we're going to have to bring a big name in and they all flat out because they've all worked together for years said no not happening they give them a list of people Danny DeVito was top of the list and they said no flat out we're not having them it's not going to fit and the basically the network said if you don't put them in it you don't have a tv series <laughs> and they went okay Danny DeVito's in the show and it works like Frank Reynolds is one of the best characters Danny DeVito's ever played beside the penguin but he was, he's just absolutely brilliant. He's so funny. And these the, they are the worst people in the world. They basically describe the show as friends. If friends were terrible people, this is always <laughs> sunny in Philadelphia. Because these are, like, Deandra Reynolds, Dee Reynolds is the worst human being ever. There is nothing that she will not stoop to, stoop to, stoop to. <laughs> Too. She <laughs> she got she once that one of her um someone she was dating said that basically sleeping with her was rock bottom. Oh dear. Was him was him and he was a stripper, and sleeping with D was his rock bottom. So she concocted con thingied a plan together. I can't even talk. Um, <laughs> got a plan together to basically give him his real rock bottom, and that was getting him back into stripping having his teenage daughter in the first in the front row and him gyrating in her face. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's how low Dee will go to get her own back. But wow. it is just the, the writing is genius and there is not there's nothing they won't do. <laughs> nothing. Even have a exercise bike that has a dildo attached to it. <laughs> nothing they will not do. I will it's, uh, it's something I, have to, I will Try and go through, but uh, it does sound uh, my cup of tea. I'll, I'll be so 
so that's why I was torn because Red Dwarf yeah. does have a special place. I do watch it religiously at least twice a year, but mm -hmm. when the Kachansky episodes come up, I yeah. turn it off. Um, I do not like the fact that Claire Grogan is not Kachansky mm -hmm. and, 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 Chris Barry, and Chris Barry. Chris Barry was gone, yeah. Yeah. He, he left, so I was not interested. Um, but Always Sunny is just something that I've watched recently. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's. I'm an up there. I, I didn't know, but that's it. That's my top five. Very good. Like, see, it's quite interesting that we didn't have a similar, like, a, a, a single show that was the same. So that's quite. Good. That's what I was. That's what I was worried about as well. That that we might have something similar. I knew fine well you were never going to pick Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. Like, see, so, I, I, it's, it's one of the things. But um, I did have some honourable mentions. And I'll, go on I'll then. Name them now, and I'll tell you why they didn't. Name. First one was Scrubs. Now I absolutely adore Scrubs. It's one of my. I still watch it time and time again, but they fucking ruined it with that. After that, um, when they tried to do the reboot, and they tried to like um, do it like as a learning hospital and do it as a college type oh, thing, nice. they had some of the characters come back, some of the characters didn't. After the perfect ending that was, um, mm -hmm. I think it was season eight, where they showed uh, GD leaving the hospital. And they put a sheet up and they showed what was going to happen in the future, like with the kids growing up. Mm -hmm. That was, I, I, so to me, Blackadder's going over the, the, going in No Man Land is the most best ending to any TV show. So powerful. But Scrubs, that one was up there for me, in my opinion. And when they got greedy and decided we wanted to keep going, uh -huh. it spoiled it. And that's why that, that one is not in my top, uh, top five. Um, Dexter, again. Absolutely love Dexter. Was I, I've watched Dexter so many times, but that final season and the cop out ending, right. where he's a lumberjack, um, pissed me off so sit, bad. Sit back a second because you thought I could get angry on Game of Thrones. <coughs> Dexter is another one I can get really pissed off about as well. Dexter season four mm -hmm. is some of it, it, it's not some of it is the best series that was ever brought out. How I felt after the end of watching that, like the reveal of, um, can't think of her name because my brain is like utter mush at the minute, um, the death of her, mm -hmm. that was, that was, and the Trinity Killer, oh. every series I have watched after that has to hold up to the how Trinity that Killer. series was because yeah. it was fucking amazing, yeah. that it was brilliant writing, suspense, Twist ending, you, what more could you ask for? It's acting spot on. Mm -hmm. And then we skip forward and we get <laughs> to the last series. And Deb Morgan, Deborah fucking Morgan, dies of a heart attack. You can go and fuck off. I have no interest in watching the another series that's coming out, which probably is a big fat lie because I probably will end up watching Yeah, I was going to say, that, we'll, we'll watch that, I bet you, a million pounds. We'll probably will, probably will. <laughs> But I'm hoping it's here to rectify the mistakes that they've made. Do you know what? If that is the case, then good on them because then they, you know, they've actually. Because I don't think we'll ever get any redemption for Game of Thrones ever, yeah. mm -hmm. ever. So if they do come back and say, do you know what? We got it wrong. This is this is well right, but they can't bring Deb fucking no. Morgan back, and she no. was one of the best characters in there. She was absolutely, and she died of a heart attack. That is not yeah. what she deserved. No. Again, we didn't deserve it. No, no, 
100%, I agree. But like I say, with your words, Trinity that season, um, as a TV show, that was perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And um, this is that's what I held. This is it's still to this day what yeah. I hold my standards to when it comes to TV shows. Yeah. And another one on the list, which a lot of people have in the top fives, again, I loved, but to me, it's hard to watch. Mm-hmm. And there's some episodes that drag on. There's some, some say, like, is The Sopranos? Oh, I tried. I've tried so many times and I just kind of do it. I just can't get into it. Yeah. I wish I could because I've heard so many good things. But mm-hmm. I get to like this third episode and I'm like, oh, I don't get it. It's, it's a, like I say, it's hard watch. It's one of the ones you have to be in the right mood. I know a lot of people say, oh, I can watch it anytime. The acting in it is brilliant. The characters in it are phenomenal. If you like gangster films, fuck, uh, fuck the Godfather, fuck Goodfellas. That is the ultimate uh, gangster portrayal in my eyes is The Sopranos. But again, it's hard. It's not a joyous watch at times. Yeah. You feel drained after watching um, another one, one of my all-time favourites. I, I can watch it 15 times, but uh, it's the whole recasting things. It's changed the cats too many times. Community. Um, I've never watched. I've never watched it. It's if you like pop culture and like things we do, we like, talk about things we do. Yeah, I've, I've it's heard. Very, it's it's very reference and um, uh, like each episode is like a different type of TV or film. It's well done. But mm-hmm. after a certain season, after like Don, uh, Donald Glover leaves, it just and uh, just doesn't get as, as, just isn't as fun. And then yeah. Chase leaves, and they recast with, with different people. Um, like I say, Alison Brie in it is absolutely phenomenal. She's stand out in it. I think Nicole Brown's in it, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. But she yeah. leaves after a while as well. Well, uh, I, I do love Nicole Nicole Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fraser again, love Fraser, but. It gets towards, I think, when Niles and Daphne get together again. Wow. Goes down okay. Wow, right. So, Frasier is a massive thing in my house. My parents love it. My sister love it. I never got it until Daphne and Miles got together. And I, that's, <laughs> I thought that was some of the funniest writing and of the series I'd ever seen. Yeah. I, I always liked it up until that point. Then I kind of lost interest. Um um, it's not something I hold dear to, us. Uh, I, I, but but me me parents and me sister love it, absolutely love it, and it's coming back. Yep, yeah, no, it is. Yeah, but I'm going to be missing Eddie and the, the dad. So yeah, yeah, that's a sad one. But the only thing, one that did drop out of my top five um, recently, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The only reason I'm Buffy surprised. didn't make the top was because of again the final season. I didn't enjoy how it ended. I didn't watch it. I'm not a Buffy fan. I've yeah. watched, but don't get us wrong. I've watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but I'm not you or and and loved it. It's mm-hmm. in Anne's top five. <laughs> so them are yeah. honor, so them are honourable mentions that didn't quite make it. My brain doesn't work like that. I literally, it, I, you, if you tell us five, I'm going to pick five. <laughs> I can't. Otherwise, I'd be here all day. You mentioned Blackadder. It's yeah. another one. Like Blackadder, me and my sister can do you the whole of the first episode of series two. Mm-hmm. We can just quote it to you, and we can do the whole thing because we actually had the scripts. We had the Blackadder scripts, and we used to reenact it. We, <laughs> I can quote Blackadder better than I can quote anything else. Um, but it just didn't. It didn't hit the top because it's not something I've watched recently. Yeah. But yeah, Blackadder's a good one. That was really fun. Yep. I didn't think I was going to get as angry as I did. <laughs> 
No, that's fine. You can say if you've managed to stay with us through that, thank you very much. I know that one's probably just going to be a, a, quite a long uh, that's a lengthy watch. one. Yeah. Yes, but I think it's quite enjoyable. And like I said, I'll be interested to get other people's opinions. Definitely. So again, like I said, so, comment on the on the video on YouTube, like, share. Subscribe. Um, and we understand that if you're YouTube, you know, this isn't probably, YouTube might not be the best platform to watch it on because it is a, it is going to be a lengthy chat. However, we're on iTunes and Spotify, so you can get yourself, get it in your headphones, do your housework while you're listening to us and listen to me lose me temper which <laughs> i can guarantee will happen multiple times throughout this whole podcast experience and um, so yes remember youtube spotify itunes get yourself on the facebook group get yourself on instagram we're on instagram too but the most the the community page is on facebook and it is brilliant i think it's hilarious i got myself so choked up the other day just with how everyone is with it i'm trying to text you and i was like it's so emotional everyone's <laughs> just getting on with everyone <laughs> <laughs> so sad. <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, t I'm gonna turn it up and not go even sadder because with today being Star Wars Day. Oh my god! Oh, look at him. Yes, I like to say. Happy <laughs> Star Wars Day, everybody. May the Fourth be with you. Yes. Um. So that's it. That's our that's top five. Next week, I'm. It's gonna be a surprise. I'm gonna pick it, and I'm not gonna tell Paul until later on. No problem. Like I said, the podcast for next week might be out a little bit earlier just to, due to work and commitments, but we'll keep this up to date. Um, and like again, again, same bad time, same bad channel. Have a nice day. <laughs> bye bye, everyone. Bye. bye.